Welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. My name is Troy Mix. I'm Associate Director at the Institute and your host for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, we're joined by Kasai Guthrie, the fintech founder behind Nexter, which aims to offer mobile banking for the underrated and underbanked. Kasai and I spoke about his entrepreneurial journey on October 23rd, 2020, including covering the Nexter story from ideation and development to beta launch. This episode is presented as part of both Global Entrepreneurship Week 2020 and the Delaware Founders Story Series, a collection of conversations with underrepresented and underestimated entrepreneurs focused on documenting entrepreneurial journeys, recounting successes and failures, and reflecting on lessons learned for moving beyond the obstacles along the way. Let's get to the conversation. Uh, so, Kasai, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's 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 a it's a pleasure to be here. Before we really dive into kind of your entrepreneurial journey, uh, I was wondering if you could discuss. You recently moved. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I moved to uh, to Cape Verde on October second, so about two to three weeks ago, and uh, it's been exciting so far. So, how did you find your way there? So uh, my family actually immigrated from Cape Verde four generations ago. Um, and I always had this like uh, this feeling, this like coming home feeling of just wanting to go back and learn more about my family and just learn about, uh, you know, what Cape Verde was all about. And it wasn't until uh, the pandemic happened and I was just in the house for months uh, when I just started researching uh, a little bit more about all the good things and the positive things that Cape Verde um, is all about. So that kind of pushed me. Um, And then also um, they're really heavy into, into tech here. Uh, So that also pushed me a little bit more, but uh, I would say what definitely motivated me was just being in the house for months (laughs) and not not being able to just, you know, go. Yeah. I can definitely understand the motivation for an escape from uh, the current situation we're all living through. So Best time, it sounds like, to, to make that move. So congratulations on that. So, you know, flashing back uh, to earlier days for you, when did you have a sense that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Um, I, don't, I, I think the entrepreneurship life kind of chose me and it, and it, it chose me just from the, the, uh, the environment and situation that I was in. Um, if you ask my mom, uh, the first business that I started, I was uh, selling uh, beach pallets um, on the corner at like the age of four or five years old, simply because I was raised in a single family household and I was trying to uh, find income for uh, my mom to support my mom and my siblings. Um, the next business that I created uh, was wholesaling, um, well, purchasing Silly Bands wholesale. Um, my mom would take me all the way up to New York. We would uh, find silly bands, uh, vendors, and then I would take them back to my um, elementary classroom and then sell silly bands. Um, the business after that um, was a, a graphic uh, t-shirt company that I started on eBay, and that was in the seventh, eighth grade. Um, and that was pretty, pretty fun as well. Um, and then uh, ninth and tenth grade happened, and that's when I started um, the We Need Our Fathers um, organization that was basically like a social um, entrepreneurship business that I created. So 
that, that, that uh, we need our fathers helps uh, reestablish relationships and reconcile relationships between absent fathers and their children. Um, and that was near and dear to my heart because um, I grew up without my father. Um, and I, I kind of used the experience of how I reconciled with my own father um, and packaged that up and, 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 um, and showed other children and fathers how to reconcile. So that was super important. How I got really into banking um, and the whole fintech uh, thing was I had this idea called Learn, Earn, Save, Buy um, in middle school. And essentially what the user experience was, was a student could log on, learn, earn, save, um, and then also purchase something. So that business, I actually got funding, uh, research and development funding from Capital One Bank. And after, after that funding uh, wear out and I was trying to get VC funding, this was at a time where uh, no VCs were really giving out funding for like fintechs. It was, it was a new concept and they didn't really understand the idea of digital banking. Um, so I went to college and, you know, life uh, fast forwarded. I ran for mayor. Um, and after the mayor race, I had the opportunity and the decision of uh, either going back to school and finishing out my entrepreneurship degree or uh, picking back up, learn, earn, save, buy, and then repackaging it into Nestor. Um, and I chose that second route. And uh, so far, it's been amazing. Um, COVID definitely pushed our plans back a few months because I was about to get a lot of funding in March. I had about five investors on board. But in March, that's when the world stopped. Um, and then it kind of dried up our funding. So I had to um, basically bootstrap. So we bootstrapped all the way through. And um, yeah, and, and today we're, we're, we're we, we, we started onboarding our early tester users on October 1st, um, but we're going to launch uh, really soon to the masses. So I imagine there's a lot of steps between uh, thinking of the idea and getting support from Capital One. So could you walk me through kind of the early days of, I mean, you had that learn, earn, save, buy concept. How do you get from there to R&D funding to having a product to kind of that you're ready to test uh, and onboard users? Yeah. So um, I took the learn, earn, save, buy um, idea and I packaged it into like this presentation for these two business competitions I was in. And this was during my 10th and 11th grade years at um, Glasgow High School. So after I pitched it, I won Delaware's uh, entrepreneurship uh, competitions, and then I pitched it on a national scale, and that's where um, I lost on the national scale. But after I lost, I started networking around Delaware, and one of my old mentors um, actually introduced me to Ronnie Cohen. She was the, she was the founder of the, the Money School, and she, she introduced me to Capital One Bank. Um, and I actually, uh, pitched it to Capital One Bank, but then I also pitched it to a few other, um, investors in Delaware. And when I got to this slide, it was, it was, it was funny because everybody started laughing because I was talking about competition. I got to the competition slide. One of my competitions was this app that ING created. Um, I forget the, I forget the name. It's been so long. I forget the actual name. But it was uh, created when I was in elementary school, but they, they put it on the shelves and everybody just started laughing. And I was just like, why is everybody laughing? You know, and then 
uh, one of my mentors, Paul McConnell, um, was like, do you know that the, uh, the creators of that app is actually sitting here in this room? (laughs) The two, the two founders are actually sitting in the room, uh, right there. So that was a crazy experience. But after that meeting, uh, Capital One Bank seen what I was trying to do with providing kids financial literacy and then also, uh, fee-free, uh, bank accounts, um, and they loved the idea, so they gave me the, the R&D funding uh, for an office at uh, the Horn Center. Um, and this was 11th grade summer going into senior year. Uh, so after I did that, that's when I was trying to find funding from VCs, but it was just too early. Uh, nobody really seen like online banking and digital banking becoming like the thing of what it is today and what, what it will be in, you know, five, 10 years from now. So I had to put that idea basically on the back burner. Um, I transferred from Glasgow to Salesiana for my senior year. Um, and since I had a relationship already with the University of Delaware and the Horn Center, um, I, I applied to UD and for the entrepreneurship major. And um, that's when everything started happening where I did music, uh, opened up for a few celebs like Cardi B, uh, Rick Ross, Yogati. I did Delaware State's University's uh, homecoming uh, two years in a row. Um, And then after music, I'm still doing music now, but uh, after music, really, I I ran for mayor. Um, And then after the mayor race, I just basically picked back up uh, Learner and Save By and just repackaged it uh, into Nexer. So a lot has been happening (laughs) in the last years. There were a lot of jumping around and and just finding fits, but uh, it's it's been fun so far. And so it sounds like a lot of mentors or at least a few mentors along the way that kind of connected you with the right people in terms of like being thinking about this as a route for you, entrepreneurship as a route. I mean, you had always been doing it in some form or fashion growing up, but when did you kind of think like, Oh, I want to be in the world where VC is something I talk about. <laughs> Honestly, it was when I got my first paycheck. I had a job for two <laughs> <laughs> I had a job. What age was that? I guess I have to ask what age. That was uh, my freshman year of college. Um, I had had a job for two weeks. It was at a uh, at a retirement home, um, and I was like a uh, every all the, the roles switched. But I was in the kitchen. But one day you may be you know a dishwasher, but the next day you may be um, handing out food, but you, you, you always switch. But I remember doing my calculations, you know, like doing those calculations, like, all right, I worked this many hours. This is my rate, all these things, but I didn't, I didn't calculate one thing. And that is uncle Sam. And when I seen my, <laughs> when I seen my check, it was just like, uh, yeah, I, I, I have to become an entrepreneur because, the, the check that I got, I think it was about 200 bucks, uh, which is pretty good for like a freshman college student for two weeks of work. But I started thinking, all right, well, if I had a $20 product, I only have to need to sell that 10 times. And I had the, the amount of funds that I would if I worked, you know, 20, 30 hours. So that's the day where I was like, okay, if, if, if I'm going to do anything, it's, it's going to be, I'm going to work for myself. <laughs> so in terms of, going from kind of recognizing that you wanted to be in that VC world, working for yourself to actually figuring out how it worked. Uh, was that, you know, when you went to horn, you got a little more information about that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely life long lessons of just like failing and, and figuring things out on myself. But definitely when I went to horn, I, 
I figured out the systems of how things should work. Um, and then with banking and the whole FinTech sector, I wasn't blessed to like have like a, um, some FinTechs like have like in-house like consultants where they can like go and ask questions and figure out the exact way to do things. So it took me a while to really figure out how, um, digital banks work and how interchange works and, um, things like that. But I, I kind of like it better because as I was researching, I was able to, um, meet a whole bunch of different people. So one of my tactics was, um, any single person that was in just FinTech on LinkedIn, I would schedule meetings with them. Um, and I would just figure out what their, like what their company did, you know, like I wouldn't really tell them what I was working on or, or anything. I would just figure out what exactly their company did, how they operated and how they could fit in with a digital bank. And, um, I would say probably 80% of those meetings, the companies that I did meet with won't really help me in any way, but it was good because once I got, once I get to a certain point, I'll know exactly what I need, um, out of those uh, 80% of companies. So, uh, definitely a lot of, a lot of personal, uh, research, um, and reading a lot of books and, and listening to a lot of podcasts like this. So you, um, you mentioned early on that, uh, FinTech was kind of in its formative stages or people weren't really funding it a lot when you were getting started on these ideas. And I, I guess, um, over the past couple of years, it's become kind of a hot topic. I know like I worked on a project with the Delaware Prosperity Partnership to look at fintech and why Delaware was a good place for it. And I guess where you also started was you said your environment and your situation led to you being an entrepreneur. So what is it, what has it been about, you know, being in Delaware that helped out or hindered in any way, uh, playing this, um, trying to be in the fintech space? Uh, it's, I, I say Delaware is easily one of the best states just because you can go to Delaware, uh, be in a meeting or be somewhere um, and get easily connected with anyone. You know, Delaware is a small state. So um, if you don't know someone, then somebody that you do know knows, knows them and can make the introduction, whether it's a politician, whether it's a CEO of a tech company, whether it's a banker and just location. Um, it's, it's right close to Philly. It's close to Maryland, uh, New York, um, Connecticut, Rhode Island. So it's, it's definitely a great location to be, uh, if you want to make moves fast and then also just network. Do you think you would have been in the banking space if you hadn't grown up in Delaware? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think I probably will just because the way that I view fintech um, and banking now is, is, is kind of the same where I just view them as like super predatory. Like um, a lot of the fintech apps that are uh, made to serve um, underbanked and unbanked demographics, um, they create these lending products that put the, that put the underbanked and, and the unbanked demographics deeper into debt. And it, I think what made me actually want to jump into this fintech industry was once I realized that um, a lot of the, a lot of this tech wasn't being developed by um, the actual demographic that it was um, built to serve. Um, so I think that's kind of like a difference of like what I bring to the table is I kind of understand uh, the population and the demographic that I'm trying to serve and, that's the type of products that I'm trying to build. I'm trying to actually help and empower 
my products rather than uh, create instant gratification products that later on um, do a disservice. So, yeah, let's talk about the product a little bit, I guess. Um, you know, what's the pitch? Like if you were signing people up today to be kind of, you know, full customers of the service, let's say, uh, what would be the pitch to them? And how do you want to grow that customer base over time? And what do the outcomes look like for you and for the customers? Yeah. So uh, right now, Nexter is a fintech company built for the underserved. But instead of the underserved, we kind of like to use the word underrated. So we want to go after today's students, today's workers, but tomorrow's leaders and achievers. Right now, when we launched, we, we started rolling out our beta product. So our beta product is just a free checking account. Um, it's FDIC insured. And it includes features like a no minimum balance, overdraft protection fee, um, ATM networks, and, and other features where there, there are no fees. It's just a, a really simple banking product. So we wanted to put this product out now because there is a huge demand for um, a free banking product simply because uh, there are a lot of people in um, poverty due to the, the pandemic. So um, our growth strategy was to put out this beta product, start gaining traction at a low cost of acquisition rate per customer, um, and then uh, grow funding and then release the full Nextra experience um, in a few months. But I can't really talk on what exactly the full Nextra experience is, but it definitely has to go back to the, the learn, earn, saving, and buying um, user experience. But uh, the move to Cape Verde was definitely... Um, really cool because it allowed me to see how transactions are made here. Um, and then also my development team uh, is mainly in uh, Nigeria. Um, and a lot of people don't, people don't know this, but Africa is really 15 and 20 years ahead of the United States in terms of the FinTech industry. Um, so I wanted to actually meet with a few developers here um, and, um, kind of figure out what we can do to, to, to bring uh, the U.S. up to speed. So uh, Nexter will be a platform that, that mainly serves Africa and then also um, America, but we will use the, the Cape Verde location to be like the lighthouse between the two, the two mainlands. But um, our initial growth strategy is we're going to roll this out in a few weeks and it may, it may be out by the time this podcast comes out, but we already partnered with uh, Delaware State University. Uh, they're going to be our pilot program. Basically, every single student that steps foot on Delaware State University will have access to a free uh, banking account for the rest of their life. Um, so we're going to use that program to partner with all the other HBCU programs, giving every single HBCU student access to a free banking account. Um, and then also financial literacy programs as soon as they step foot on their HBCU college campus. Um, the other growth strategy that we're looking at is partnering with the Department of Labor to allow all ex-felons uh, opportunity at a free banking account as soon as they um, are released, and then also financial literacy uh, programs. Um, but we definitely see that there is um, a demand and a huge market for underrepresented uh, demographics and then also just underbanked demographics. Um, and like I said in the beginning, we're, 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 we're not using the word underserved. We're using the word, you know, underrated. Um, we're going after uh, today's students and today's workers, but uh, tomorrow's leaders and achievers. 
So um, I can remember going on a college campus and having credit card signups, for example. So it's not new to introduce um, college students to banking, so to speak. How does, I mean, I understand how a credit card is different from a checking account, but how does your foray differ? What do you want to bring to the college students that existing products don't, you know, the traditional banks haven't? Yeah, so it definitely want to um, bring a, a more organic uh, connection to D, uh, DSU. So in the next two weeks, I think I'm speaking um, at the school to just go over who I am and, and, and what um, it means to uh, bank uh, with the free digital bank and then also uh, what it means to be um, the bank with the black owned bank. Um, so I think that's the difference that I bring to the table. But um, it's just going to be an or- we want to focus on the organic uh, growth and figure out the kinks with this DSU partnership. Um, and then hopefully afterwards, uh, we can figure out a good formula um, that will that will work at every single um, other HBCU campus. But I'm super excited. Like I'm, I'm definitely super excited with the, uh, the different partnerships that we have coming. What do you see as your major hurdles you're going to face over the next couple of years working with Nexter? Um, the, the major hurdles are definitely going to be just those everyday hurdles with within self. Like I think, I think entrepreneurs um, have to have like two battles going on. They have to, you know, battle with their company, but then they also have to battle with yourself and your own, you know, self-confidence and self-esteem and just keeping yourself motivated. Um, So that's definitely probably going to be the biggest challenge is just keeping myself motivated. But I definitely know that, you know, it can be done. And then the other challenges is definitely just getting funding. But I think if I put out this product and start showing, you know, traction um, and start networking, I've been networking with different VCs um, and just finding those VCs that, that actually believe in me and believe in the vision. Um, that's going to be the biggest challenge. But other than that, just those everyday struggles of just um, figuring out, you know, if it's the right thing to be doing, you know what I mean? Like it just, just asking yourself if like, uh, if this is the right move and you know, if it will pay off, but I'm sure it will. You've mentioned you're 22. Uh, seems like you got a long entrepreneurial journey ahead of you. What would you offer uh, in terms of advice for people following in your footsteps that are, you know, maybe older in number of years, but less experienced on the entrepreneurial journey? Uh, what does it take? What are the best pieces of advice you, you've picked up? Yeah, the, the best um, advice that I would give people is to avoid worrying about others opinions so the opinions um just like just negative opinions just like don't think about whatever you do how how it's going to offend somebody or how other people would think about it once you remove yourself from uh thinking about others opinions and then also remove yourself from caring about if people say no to you or have negative thoughts about you um, then you'll be great. And then once I learned that Google was the 21st search engine to actually come into the market, um, that's when I realized that like, it honestly doesn't matter like how many players are in the market as long as your marketing is right. And then, uh, everything else just comes into play. But, um, yeah, I, I hate when, when people, you know, say, isn't there so-and-so in the market or, um, isn't the market getting, you know, too full? It's just like, 
you can't really, you can't really, you can't really mess me up with that because I just know all the heavy players that are the key players in their, in their industry right now, uh, weren't the first to, 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 you know, um, join that market. They just, uh, they joined it later on and then they just out hustled everybody. So it sounds like kind of a disciplined perspective on what you're doing not letting people kind of define it for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely being disciplined in in, in that sense. And, um, just giving yourself patience, um, not, not putting a a whole timeline and stressing yourself out with uh, making sure that you actually meet that timeline, you know, because, um, timelines can be fluid, you know, it doesn't really, you know, matter, um, you know, when the, the actual thing happens as long as you're, you know, taking chunks each day. So I definitely would say, you know, just, just focusing on taking one bite at a day. Um, and then, and then, um, you know, hopefully being, uh, being done the whole elephant. What's the one saying? Like the one way to eat elephant is just like one bite at a time. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely the, the keys of just being patient and disciplined with yourself. Well, I definitely wish you, you know, uh, best of luck as you continue to, you know, get acclimated to your new environment and, and build out net next year, the, pr- the product and the user base. And it was, you know, great pleasure to, to talk with you today. Kasai. It was a, it was a wonderful pleasure to talk to you as well. And I have space here. So anytime you want to, you know, take a vacation after the pandemic, definitely, definitely let me know. And all your listeners, uh, let me know, just hit me up and we'll make you uh, feel at home when you're here. That sounds great. Thanks so much. For more information on Kasai's work, visit nexter.com. That's N E G G S T E R.com to learn about global entrepreneurship week visit gewusa.co. For more on IPA, visit ipa.udel.edu. Thanks again for tuning in to First State Insights. Reach out with any comments and be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. I hope you join us again soon.